Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports as well as anything and everything in between worth some action and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here we go. We did it again. Welcome to the Side Action Podcast. We are technically savvy. We only takes us six tries every week. Um, new studio light. New studio light. That's right. My name is Jim Weglars, aka Wegs. You can follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. This is Steve Roberts, aka Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31s Roberts. Follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter and YouTube. Um, hey guys, so this is. <laughs> We're episode three of season three. We're, we're really working through some technical stuff with the Skype, but uh, thanks for bearing with us. Thanks for watching. Um, and I was actually, you can see him a little better this week. He's got his light. I'm trying to get a little natural light in, so I'm not so fuzzy. So one step at a time, America. That's right. We're getting there. We're going to be the most technically savvy podcast on the internet before this is over. <laughs> I got some people dogging me saying that I need the, that ring light thing to get us better. And I'm going to invest in that. I, I will do that. Loyal listeners, just give us time. We're just trying to test this out. So we appreciate you. Just remember us when we're this professional podcast in a couple of years. And you're saying we knew we knew you then. Uh, like the podcast is fine. It's just this video component, which is new. Um, anything to, to report from last weekend action? I, I mean, I had a big weekend, not gambling. I got crushed, but um, it was a fun weekend. A lot of good time with friends. Uh, hung out with our buddy Suter Rainmaker. We, we went to check out the games at Four Shadows and visit my guys over there and watch the Bears barely win, but not cover. We got them in the contest. Um, how about you? What, what was up last weekend with you? Oh, we just did a lot of housework, still trying to organize from the big move and unpacking and getting some odds and ends done around here out to dinner one night and then uh some lawn work and settled in watched the games myself on the couch got the red zone channel fired up and i had a pretty good weekend actually doing a little bit of live betting and even my pre-flop bets went pretty well so it was profitable for me it would have been nice to see cam newton get in the end zone there late night on sunday but even without that i was in the green yeah, that was a, a great game, a really good Sunday night game. I will say that Rivers gave me a great deal on betting with the Joe Burrow first career touchdown. Uh, he gave me, you know, they gave us like plus 230 or something. Or no, it was plus 100 instead of minus 230. So I did hit that on Thursday. I hit another couple bets, but I was definitely in the red this weekend. So that's okay. That's what we, we're, we're going to get better, especially as the data rolls in and Four, I'm going to start using data. Um, let's jump in. I mean, we're doing all all NFL all the time here on this podcast now. We're really not focusing on other sports right now, even though the NBA is going, and that's another whole story. And college football is changing. There's going to be other leagues playing, but we're sticking to NFL. We uh, we did okay in the contest. We want to win some big cash, so let's jump into week two. Uh, by the numbers, um, there were 11 home winners and five road winners. The covers were flipped over a little bit. Seven uh, favorites covered and nine dogs. But the big change here, actually, I want to talk to you about is the overs. The overs hit big, 11 out of 16 games, so 11 to 5 this week. That's pretty big. Uh, in 20 and 12, 
over the course of the two weeks. What do you think attributes to that? Well, a little bit bigger sample size now, and obviously you can see that uh, there are eight games above 500 going over the total, and I think you've heard this probably discussed across several media outlets this week, and a lot of folks are just thinking that the offenses have have an advantage right now. They are um, in better shape. They're able to, uh, not that they're in better shape than the defenders, but they're able to identify the routes that they're running, you know, much like we talk about with the snow-covered fields where the offensive players know what direction they're going. It's the defenders who have to react to those routes and the running backs. And I think you're seeing a lot of these running games that are picking up a lot of steam too. some historic running performances by um, backs. So all leads to higher scoring, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, my thought is that it's more about pass rush. You know, those guys coming off the line, getting to the quarterback, if they don't get home. The longer they're on the field, it's just the, the drive just extend. And as the course of the game wears on, those te- those guys are just gas and they can't stop anybody. And, and you can kind of see it even in that game you referenced with Cam Newton. And Key looks amazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was hitting all the passes. You know, they couldn't stop the run except for the last play. And it was just, you know, it's, it's indicative to me that it's not just the secondary, but, you know, because those guys are getting beat, but the – you know, the pass rush, you know, the defenses aren't there yet. They will. They'll get there. We'll, we'll correct it. The other thing that we have to factor in is eventually they'll look right. You know, they're going to start sliding those totals up, start getting some money on both sides a little bit. So we'll see. Well, let's talk about some of these games this weekend. Uh, we've highlighted the one game that was probably the craziest uh, on Atlanta against Dallas. Unbelievable game. We were on the wrong boat. Did we pick Dallas in the contest? No, I picked that in the game. I had Dallas minus. Atlanta came out. I mean, Dallas gave the ball over like four times in the first quarter alone, especially going for fourth down in, you know, their territory. McCarthy is not a good coach. That's my takeaway. But Atlanta, how did they not win that game? It was incredible. Yeah, I think you touched on it last week. I had a money line ticket in my pocket for the Falcons, Mm -hmm. and they came out in that first quarter just guns a-blazing. I think they were up 20 to nothing at one point. The Cowboys had Mm -hmm. three fumbles in the first three drives. And it looked like they were just going to cruise to victory. But somehow, someway, Dan Quinn and the Falcons let them back in the game. And um, just an epic collapse from the Atlanta Falcons team. And it really makes you wonder if they're going to be able to bounce back from that this week. Right, right. Uh, You've got a stat on here about Prescott. You want to share that? Yeah, he uh, had a pretty awesome passing performance. I had him in the e-fantasy league, Cola's new business venture, and uh, won me a game. But uh, Prescott was the first player in league history to throw for over 400 yards and run for three scores in the same game, which was pretty awesome performance and over 50 points, I think, in standard fantasy leagues. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Um, I mean, Cam Newton was pretty close to that, actually. (laughs) He was at 397 passing. So, you know, we're looking at Atlanta, and they're going to play the Bears. We'll talk about them later. Man, that defense is terrible. I mean, they've given up 40 points two weeks in a row, and um, I'm not sure what the issue is there. They used to have de- decent on defense, but they're certainly an over-candidate when we target teams. Yeah. The other, I mean, the other thing I want to mention is this is now two weeks in a row where you've seen Atlanta catch a ton of money leading up to kickoff. You remember when we were in Vegas, they were the side apparently – in pregame versus Seattle, 
and ended mm-hmm. up not covering that game. And then again this week, some serious point spread moves where they opened up at plus seven against Dallas. And on Sunday mm-hmm. morning, you saw it move all the way through three even and get to two and a half. So there's right. some serious betters out there who like this Falcons team, at least through the first two weeks. I mean, certainly the offense is humming. I mean, Calvin Ridley's really good. Obviously, Julio Jones. Yeah, they're, they're, they're putting up numbers. It's just they can't stop anybody in the end. The next game we were talking about is uh, your guy, Kyler Murray for president. Uh, he had a great game. Uh, they played Arizona, and uh, or Arizona played Washington. Really weird game. We were on Washington in this game, unfortunately. Their defense, you know, they, they kind of came out early and played well. They got an interception, but Arizona uh, got the ball right back early in that game. And they were able to score against that tough front, uh, mainly because Kyler Murray was so elusive and could not, you know, could not be stopped. But what happened with Ron Rivera? You're down by both points three minutes ago. You're not using outs. I mean, I get it. You know, you got to score twice. But what was going on there? I couldn't really figure it out. You know, I was watching that game and holding on to some hope that you and I could get in the back door with the Washington football sure. team. And inexplicably, Rivera just basically gave up there in the last couple of minutes. I think there was about three minutes on the clock, and Arizona mm-hmm. was driving into the red zone. They ended up holding him to a field goal on that possession, but he essentially let the clock run out and ended the game right then and there. So I couldn't understand mm-hmm. it, and I sure hope that this football team doesn't take that the wrong way and believe that their coach doesn't want them to win or some crazy idea like that. So Interesting yeah. to see going forward how this uh, football team will perform going into Cleveland this week. Yes, how the football team will play in Cleveland will be fascinating. Um, another big game, and this is uh, Kansas City against the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers were game, as we kind of talked about. Somehow they, they've played well against Kansas City the last you know last few times they played. But a crazy turn of events at quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, apparently had some sort of chest injury, but... More importantly, the uh, doctor punctured his lung with the um, with the needle to give him a painkiller. So immediately goes my guy Justin Herbert comes in, and I thought he played really well. I mean, he had one bad throw down the middle, but he I mean, he was running the ball, he was you know, avoiding the pass rush, and he's got a big arm. He can throw the ball downfield, which you know I, I thought he acquitted himself well, even though they lost the game in overtime, 23-20. Yeah, Justin Herbert, talk of the town. It seems like this week. You hear all over the airwaves, folks questioning why um, Coach Anthony Lynn would come out and say that Terod is his quarterback still. And uh, <laughs> we found out yesterday the real reason why Anthony Lynn is probably backing him. You know, there could be potential lawsuits for the organization and all kinds of non-football related issues. But um, I think it remains that Justin Herbert played really well in his debut on Sunday. And at some point this season, you've got to expect he's going to be the full-time starter for this Chargers team. Yeah, he, you know, I was watching Hawks this year. I kind of crammed it in before we started our podcast to look at it. And everybody was talking him up in their camp. Uh, and he did look pretty good, but they said that he just wasn't ready. But, I mean, considering the guy didn't know he was going to play that day and stepped in and played against Kansas City and really took him to the wire. Um, the big story there was Bucker had those two 58-yard field goals and really no-brainers. I mean, the guy just crushed it. And, in fact, they he had to make it a couple times because they did some timeouts and such. But that dude's legit. Um, you know, some props for his kicking, right? Yeah. 
Uh, next game is, uh, you know, another one, another loser for us. Philly played the Rams. We don't know what's going on with this Eagles team. I, I can't trust them in action. I'm sorry. I know you want me to. Uh, the Rams won big, 37-19. You know, early in the second in the second half, it looked like the Eagles had turned the corner, except, you know, Wentz kind of made a bad throw in a triple coverage. And I don't know. He's looking bad, like you said. I don't know if he needs to not be that good. Um, but the Rams just rolled. I mean, that might be the story. They're a little bit better than I thought they were going to be. And they ran all over Philly and really did anything they wanted in that game. You think it's time for Jalen Hurts? It's got to be. We talked about it in the preseason podcast and – there is just something wrong with this guy. I don't. I speculated that it was an injury-related issue, but it looks like he's just bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> these uh, Football Outsider articles—they've been just ripping into Wentz's play, and I think that he is the lowest-rated quarterback out of 32 qualifiers through the first two weeks. Again, he posted mm-hmm. another crappy weekend, ranked 30th out of 33 qualifiers when you include Nick Mullins as well. So. Yeah. Wentz is certainly does not appear to be the answer for this team, and you got to ask when is Jalen Hurts going to get the nod? They have to do something because it's clear that the Eagles are turning in the wrong direction very quickly. Well, and you've noted in the first half the Rams were destroying them: 9.9 yards per pass, 87% success rate. I mean, it's also that defense. The defense is garbage. I don't know. What they, they were supposed to have shored up the secondary. That's obviously not the case. They led both, you know, now the Rams and the and the former, well, I'll say the Washington football team, uh, throw all over them at different times. So they got some issues in Philadelphia. And I mean, it's not a it's not a league that's running away from them since everybody's losing in that division. But um, kind of interesting. Yeah, the Cowboys are supreme favorites now. I was looking at some midseason division odds, and I think they're like minus two dollars or more already so it seems like the odds makers expect the cowboys to lock it up right let's stay on that nfc east tilt since we kept on picking nfc east teams this uh this past week the giants were playing at the bears really the giants had no business covering in this game to be honest with the action i think we're 17 nothing at one point dominating the the gents uh daniel jones awful however somehow this happens mitch trubisky and the gang take their foot off the gas pedal Looked terrible in the second half, and little by little, the Giants inched their way back, avoided a pick six late in the game that got called back on a pass interference, I think it was. And um, and luckily for us, they get in the back door 17-13 to get the cover. We had we got, what, five and a half in the contest? Mm-hmm. So they also, the Bears also missed a critical field goal at the end of that game that would have kind of made the Giants go for, you know, the touchdown. Um, so, yeah, they ended up winning in the game 17-13, but covering for us. Yeah, it was definitely a, a coin toss at the end of that game, no doubt about it. I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily the wrong side, but, I mean, mm-hmm. the Giants acquitted themselves okay. I mean, especially on defense, you saw them put up a pretty good performance. Certainly, Daniel Jones and that offense was lackluster, and the loss of Saquon Barkley didn't help. But, um, I, you know, I think part of the fade in the Bears is Matt Nagy, and you saw it again mm-hmm. where he basically just gave the game back to the Giants by trying to throw the ball with Trubisky in the second half. I can't understand why they just didn't continue to run the ball. They could have ended that game easily. But Nagy has to prove himself again, and look what happens. It let the Giants back in and got us to the window, thankfully. And really, they had a chance to win the game. They got inside the 20 on that last drive. I mean, I was watching the game with with Suter, and it was just, I mean, 
obviously I wanted that result where the Bears win but cover or don't cover, but man, they almost lost the game outright. That would have been a horrible loss. Yeah. But in the NFC North, the team that's looking great are the Packers. I mean, I wanted to know if they're for real, but they have crushed the two opponents so far in the NFC North. Uh, with the Minnesota first and now the Lions, they won 42-21. I mean, dude, Aaron Jones, he, you're talking about the running. He was all over this team, scored three touchdowns. I think he had 168 rushing. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers looks great. Uh, he's, you know, plus 800 for that MVP, and he, he may be one of the guys. And tell me why Matt Patricia could coach in New England and he can't coach defense in, in Detroit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. It's a great question, but that Lions defense is terrible. I think that mm-hmm. part of it has to do with some cluster injuries. They were without some of their top cornerbacks again this week after they got hurt in week one. But, I mean, you ask, and here is Aaron Rodgers, a legitimate MVP candidate. I don't think so. Um, he's kind of been, you know, otherworldly through two games, but you also have to look at the strength of schedule. I mean, they played against a Vikings defense, which is clearly terrible, and the Lions right. in Week 2. So, I mean, these are two of the worst defenses in the league so far. And uh, I expect that they're going to get a quick dose of reality when they play New Orleans this weekend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Russell, in this big game we talked about, this epic game between the Seahawks and the Patriots, it was, it was very entertaining football. I mean, obviously, Russell looked incredible. Five touchdown passes. On the New England defense, they gave up four all last year action, so five in one game. His MV, he's the clear MVP favorite right now, plus 300. Uh, but more importantly, I, I can look incredible. I mean, this guy, he looks healthy, throwing the ball around to whoever's out there. He's also running quite a bit, but, you know, not really more in the red zone. They're not running in between, you know, the 20s very much. He's at plus 2,000. I don't know if you like that action. But, um, but ultimately, an incredible game. They did get the cover in this one, uh, but... I don't know. These are two teams playing really well, and I think I like Seattle quite a bit in the NFC right now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this Seattle offense is certainly flying high right now. I do question their defense a little bit. I think that clearly giving up that many yards to a Cam Newton-led passing attack um, Mm -hmm. raises some red flags. But um, Russell Wilson's performance through two weeks has been certainly best in the league, and he's definitely on pace to get that at least first vote. For MVP, maybe he can get more than one. Yeah, more than one this year, right? But uh, I also think that there you raise a really good point about Cam Newton. I mean, you could do worse by betting on a Bill Belichick-led quarterback. Certainly, mm-hmm. he's got the coach in his corner, and for some reason, they end up making a serious run towards a, a top seed in the AFC. You could certainly give Cam Newton some praise too. Absolutely. I mean, if he plays like this, he's definitely going to be in the conversation. You obviously know you've got the AFCs loaded with, you know, with Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson and everything. But and I know you, you love Kyler Murray for this. But at the same time, I mean, he is a former former MVP and he's he's definitely going to be one of those comeback of the year stories. So he could double dip in those awards. Uh, the next, the last game I wanted to pre- preview or review was uh, Raiders. They opened up the Vegas Stadium, which was quite a quite a place. They call it the Death Star, I guess, because it is pretty you know black and, and silver, but um, pretty cool place. SoFi SoFi Stadium, you know, it was an interesting game. You know, the Saints came out and looked dominant early in this game, but the Raiders just kind of pummeled them as the game went on. They couldn't stop Darren Waller. He got a million catches, twelve catches, and a bunch of yards. 
And I don't really like uh, Derek Carr, but he was spreading around enough. And I don't know, the Saints defense just didn't come to play in that situation. Um, but what do you think? The big talk is Breeze, right? The Breeze, is he really going to be this quarterback the whole season for this team? Yeah, I mean, I think you've heard and read a lot about that this week. Drew Brees and his weak noodle arm can't throw the yep. ball down the field. And it looks like an arena league game, I've heard, and, <laughs> uh, and all of this. But, you know, I dug into that game a little more. And while I'm glad the Raiders covered for us and brought us to a, a positive week in the contest at 3-2, and two, I think that the box score was a little bit misleading. I'm sorry, the outcome was a little bit misleading because New Orleans didn't really play that badly. They actually outgained the Raiders 424 to 375. And even okay. if you throw out the last minute drive where they gained another 48 yards, they still outgained the Raiders. So okay. um, they were also aided by 129 yards and penalties by the New Orleans Saints, yeah. which is pretty uncharacteristic for the Sean Payton led team. So I would kind of, not to throw it out completely, but I certainly don't downgrade New Orleans much after that performance. No, I agree. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll talk about that in the uh, the picks later. Um, so let's go over some of your positives here. You, you listed some some positives here uh, from the week. You, you like Josh Allen. You're on my, on my guy, Josh Allen, huh? Yeah, Josh Allen shines again. Again, another player who hasn't played the toughest of defenses, Jets in week one. And then against the Dolphins last week, both very poor. But you got us, it's shining now. His passing yard numbers are incredible 417 last week with four touchdowns. And I think the addition of Stefan Diggs has really changed his mentality and his ability to be the gunslinger that he came into the league as we expected. Yeah, he definitely had the arm, it's the accuracy. The short throws that, that were difficult. Now he's got John Brown, you know, what is it, Smokey Brown, and Diggs to go deep, and then he can hit the guys underneath. I mean, you're right. They played the Jets and the Dolphins, so we'll see when they play the Patriots or somebody else that's a little bit better defense. But, I mean, I like him a lot. I mean, he runs. He's kind of like, you know, they said he's a younger Cam Newton type. You know, he's a big guy. He'll run the ball in between the tackles and in the goal line. So, he's certainly a guy to watch. He's plus 2,000 right now for the MVP. Um, I know. I know you won't go there, but I like these long. Hey, it's your guy, Kyler <laughs> your guy, Kyler Murray's plus 1,400, though. Now, he's been <laughs> impressive through two weeks. Yeah, Kyler Murray is my guy. You're right about that. It's Dynasty <laughs> League fantasy quarterback. It's my quarterback. And mm -hmm. uh, he was awesome again this weekend. I don't know if you saw the highlight of him skipping out to the left and uh, – just totally freezing the defender before making a dive at the pylon in the corner. It was a pretty awesome play. And on top of that, he's not turning the ball over, which is very important. And he's keeping himself out of trouble. I think coming into the league, the biggest question mark about him was his small frame and his ability mm -hmm. to stay healthy and maintain that running ability. And so far he's done that. That's true. Well, the last positive is all quarterbacks this week. Minshew mania. Uh, he obviously brought the dance within a, you know, an alleged winning a game. They definitely cut again. Uh, they're two and zero against the spread. They actually have a game tonight. Maybe we'll post this during the during that game. But um, what do you think about Minshew? He's making it happen. Minshew has some magic. I'm not sure that he can sustain it. I don't. I mean, I don't think this guy has the pedigree. And at some point, I still believe that Jacksonville is going to take a turn for the worse. Hopefully tonight. Right. Um, but another masterful performance, 
39 yards and three touchdowns. And on third and fourth down, he was 9 out of 12 for 108 yards, which was huge for this Jaguars. And I am certainly surprised that they're nearing the top 10 of DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. So surprising performance to start the season. I'm not sure they can continue it. What do you think about the Jags, Wags? Well, I think they're going to be pretty good tonight. I mean, they're playing the Dolphins, right? So they've played the Colts and they've played the uh, Titans. These are two supposedly good teams, you know, two teams that we expect to be in the playoff mix. We kind of expected the Colts defense to be better. They look great against Minnesota. Uh, So I think going into the season, if you told me, hey, Minnesota's going to lay an A against the Colts versus, you know, Minshew's going to take him and beat the Colts. I, I, I never would have said that. So I do think he's got good weapons. He's got some young guys. Uh, what is his name? Lavishka Chanel. Is that all you say? He's really good. Um, DJ Chark, I think he's hurt now, but he's really good. Um, you know, they've got some good players down there besides the running backs because they gave, you know, Hornet away. But I don't know. I think they're going to be a team that, that maybe is fun to watch late in the games just to try to come back because they're going to be losing most of the time. But you got to think at some point they're going to come back to earth. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, some negatives. Uh, <laughs> we've already touched on the Eagles, how bad they are. They're 0-2 against the spread. They have a terrible defense. Their second halves have just been atrocious in my mind. Um, so that's a negative. Uh, we talked about the Falcons. That was another epic collapse. I don't know which is worse, that or the – we didn't even talk about that onside kick that – the ball just spun around and they're all running away from it. Like it's a hot potato, like jump on the ball, like know the rules. Right. Um, but you mentioned, we just mentioned the Minnesota Kirk cousins. Wow. Kirk cousins. And the narrative on him was that he plays on the 1 PM games are his time slot. And right. obviously that wasn't the case this week. 113 <laughs> yards, three Ouch. sacks. And uh, three interceptions, just one of the worst performances that you're ever going to see out of an NFL quarterback. And I would love to say that it was the Indianapolis Colts defense that led him into that performance. Partially true, I think, although um, now they've lost Malik Hooker, which we'll talk about in a Mm -hmm. minute. But um, I just don't see that this Minnesota team is going to go anywhere trending positive. I think that this is going to end up being a lost season for the Vikings and uh, I'm going to be looking to fade them as much as possible. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, coming in, I thought they would be right there with Green Bay, uh, but it doesn't look that way. We'll see if they turn things around. It's a shame, but maybe Diggs, the Diggs loss was bigger than we thought. You know, we'll see. Maybe he's more of an impact player than we thought going into the preseason. You touched on it. This week was a rash of injuries across the NFL. I'm not sure if you have a theory if it's true that the you know that lack of preparation and lack of contact and preseason and all that as we lose action. Um, but we, you know we lost Saquon Barkley, we lost Nick Bosa to ACLs, both of them. Jimmy Garoppolo has a high ankle sprain. Solomon Thomas is out for the year, also for the Niners. Malik Hooker, as you mentioned, tore his Achilles. Drew Locke, uh, he he messed up his shoulder really badly. Christian McCaffrey has a high ankle sprain. You've got Cortland Sutton and Bruce Irvin, uh, also with ACLs. Mostert has an MCL sprain, and, and your guy Paris Campbell, he's out for as well. So it was just a rash of injuries uh, throughout the NFL, and some of them gigantic injuries. Do you, do you think there's anything to it about the lack of preparation and kind of the quick season, or is it just this is football? 
Oh, yeah. No, I definitely think that has something to do with it. I mean, in a normal year, you see a lot of these injuries that occur in the first, second, third weeks of camp. And mm-hmm. Clearly, they didn't have the same camp or preseason that they have in years past. So I think that's part of it. But you can double that down when you got to figure a lot of these players weren't necessarily working out like they probably would in a normal offseason throughout the pandemic. I mean, sure. I certainly didn't. Now, I'm not a professional athlete, but I think it's just <laughs> human nature when you're in a situation like that, that you might not necessarily keep your body in tip-top shape like you normally would. It's true. I think there's a lot of factors. I mean, they always say that there's more injuries when, you know, the 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 time zone or the time switches when it, you know, it's fall back. There's always injuries that that weekend. Uh, there's sometimes there's injuries, you know, when they go over to London and stuff like that. It, you know, the NFL players are creatures of habit. They're a little bit off probably the rhythm right now. Who knows with the new rhythm, you know, they've got to do, it's a little bit different travel protocol and staying and everything. So maybe it's just a little bit, little bit off and that's all that matters. I mean, certainly freak plays like with Saquon Barkley, you know, that's, Obviously, I've torn ACL twice, so I feel for the guy tremendously. Um, but I just hope it doesn't continue. You don't want to have the whole league go down and have half a league that's playing out there. Um, we want to see the, the highest level of football possible. We'll check it out. Well, let's go into week three, uh, some of these previews. You've got some stats to try to guide us maybe into making some picks. I'm not sure if I agree with you. I don't know if I can get on board, but why don't you walk through Well, uh, historically, week three, you see teams that are playing terribly and have started out the year 0-2 against the spread. And I think the theory here is that the odds makers and the public certainly are going to be looking to stay far, far away from these teams because each one of them has performed terribly in the first two weeks. And even though they're 0-2 against the spread, you're going to see some adjustments and you're going to see the public betting against them, which provides them more value to the point spread. And during the last four seasons, those teams that started 0-2 came back to a 22-7 and against the spread mark in week three. And if you expand that further and look over the last 10 seasons, it's 47 and 28. So both of those percentages are certainly making lots of money, and uh, we'll take them in the contest if we can get to any of those numbers. So just to review those teams, so hold your nose, everybody. You've got the Jets, the Browns, the Titans, might like that one, the Texans, the Cowboys, again, the Eagles, the Lions, Vikings, and Panthers. So some of those teams, I don't know if I can get on board with the action, but some of them I could. I mean, certainly, you know, look at some bounce back candidates this week. Um, I mean, you know, let's look, let's look, let's go game by game. Or you got some games you're looking at, or should we just look into our picks for the contest? How do you want to approach this? Um, I'm good to run through rotation order if you want to. We can hit on the highlights as we get through them. Sure, sure. Uh, I guess we can skip the game going tonight, uh, Miami and, and Jacksonville. I mean, what can you do? Uh, you know, <laughs> they're going to play tonight. Actually, that that line's down to one and a half. Um, no. I think it was up earlier, right? Is that at Rivers, one and a half? Wow. I don't know. Let's see. I got No, I got it three at Rivers, so I don't know what that's listing there. Okay. An, oh, that's the opener. I'm sorry. That's the opener. Uh, see, I've, I can't... Seen a couple, I've seen a couple two and a halves pop up. I think you are seeing a little bit of money show up for the Dolphins, but, um, again, no action for our listeners. I think we can move on. All right. How about this one? Uh, Houston and Pittsburgh. 
uh, in the contest, we'll kind of reference that first. In, in the contest, we're talking about four. So Pittsburgh's a four-point favorite. That I'm looking at a total around 47 and a half. I'm not sure what you're seeing right now. That was the opening. I'm sorry, the 45 I'm getting. Mm -hmm. So is there anything you like in that game? I actually do like Pittsburgh in this one, even though it's on your list. Um, and then that total 45 seems a little low, but uh, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I have concerns about the Pittsburgh offensive line. I think that um, the losses on that line are, are troubling for Big Ben, especially when you consider his immobility. Um, I think yep. it's even more of a glaring point for them. And on the other side, I think that this Houston team is a little bit uh, underrated just based on their opponents that they played through the first two weeks. They had to face sure. off against Kansas City in week one and then came back with the best team in the AFC in Baltimore. And while I realize that this number is probably about right, I still think that Houston is a bit underrated, and that gives me a little pause. So I don't think we can completely throw it out, but I'm not sure that I love Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, they disappointed me last week. Um, I really thought, you know, actually I had the perfect play for last week. I had the, I wanted to do the internal teaser, like we're for the same game. So I was trying uh -huh. to tease the point spread down and then the, a total up. But Rivers doesn't allow me to do that. Don't like that. Uh, at least I couldn't figure it out. Maybe somebody at Rivers who's listening can tell me how to do it. But uh, we were at the bar and I couldn't get that to work. So, okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's see. We've got the next game is uh, Tennessee is going to Minnesota. This is These are two teams that have struggled against the spreads. So some got to cover, right? Um, right now we're looking at this game. It's actually Tennessee is a favorite on the road at two and a half um, in the circuit contest. The total kind of ballooned up, though. It's up to like 48 and a half from, from opening was 42 and a half. Any interest in this game on either side? I, I probably would back the Titans personally, but I don't know how would you feel. Yeah, I love Tennessee this week. I think this is one of my picks. I've already locked it in at two and a half. Yeah. And um, I just don't think that this number is lined correctly. The biggest advantage that Minnesota has for them right now is that home field. And without any fans, mm -hmm. I'm not sure that you can give them any points for that this year. Right. So when you when you look at this number, I feel that it should probably be a lot closer to four or five, even six potentially for Tennessee. And I think that the Minnesota defense is worse than the odds makers are showing them. Indianapolis hit them for 5.3 yards per play last week and 54% mm -hmm. success rate. And Daniel Hunter is out. They lost Anthony Barr, their Mike linebacker who calls the plays. So I just don't see how they're going to stop Tennessee on offense. I think they may score on every possession. <laughs> okay. But basically you're saying Minnesota is going to go 0-3 though, right? Correct. Fall three. Okay. Yeah. Tennessee also 0-2. So something's got to give this week. Well, they're 0-2 against the spread, right? They're 2-0. and Correct. Right. Yeah. So something right. what I'm saying is you're saying that they're going to – they got to win the game and win the game by three or two and a half, right? So mm -hmm. I'm just saying – reiterating that if Minnesota goes 0-3, they're probably going to miss the playoffs. So it's the only thing I'm, I have any pause about. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Tennessee on paper, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Okay. Um, next game, we've got the Falcons are hosting my Bears. Uh, now it's gone up to three-and-a-half-point favorites for Atlanta. The total is 47-and-a-half. Um, 
you know, I don't love the Bears in this spot at all. I don't love Atlanta either because of that defense. I, I liked it a lot better when it was open at two and a half for Atlanta. Not sure if I can go three and a half. I see it three at Rivers. Um, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you. I jumped on Atlanta when it was three, sub three. But now that we're seeing a three and a half come up in the contest, I'm not so sure that you can get me to put that on our card. And uh, I I really think that, you know, I was expecting the odds makers and the public to kind of overvalue Chicago based on their high flying 2-0 start and the way (laughs) that Atlanta collapsed last weekend. Um, I equally thought that they might be a little undervalued, but when this number came out, three and a half especially, I'm not sure that it provides much value on either side. Right, right. Agreed. Uh, the next game I am interested in, we can discuss, uh, this is New England is hosting the, the Raiders in, in the contest at six and a half. I saw it at five and a half yesterday at Rivers and didn't pull it, total being 47 and a half. The number's getting a little bit bigger than I liked. Uh, I do like the Patriots in this game. I do think they're playing really well. And, you know, given Belichick, who I think he's he's figured out the formula to work with Cam, that I, I do like them. Six and a half is just kind of a big number for me, even though the Raiders did look pretty good offensively on Monday night. Any thoughts? Yeah, I, I like New England in this game, too. I think that um, the one big advantage that the Las Vegas Raiders have is that tight end, Darren Waller, who absolutely shined in primetime on Monday night. And you bet your bottom dollar that Bill Belichick was watching that. And I'm sure he's going to have a game plan to stop Waller on Sunday. So outside of that, I don't think that uh, Josh Jacobs is going to be able to, I mean, surely he'll get his yards, but I don't think he's going to run all over this New England front seven either. And Mm -hmm. when you take away those two players for the Raiders, I'm not sure how they're going to move the ball against the Patriots' defense. And on the other side, Cam Newton has been magnificent, and I think that he'll have some success against the Raiders' D. So I like it. Look at this. Might be in Might be in for the for New England. I'll put that as a, as a maybe. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like it. I, I mean, the Patriots, I hate to be a Patriots, you know, backer, but they're kind of undervalued this year with Cam. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, as a Colts fan, it's weird, but – it seems a little bit different this year because Tom Brady's not the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The TB12 diet, enough of that. Um, the next game is San Francisco's going to the Giants. Uh, this this number has come all the way down to three and a half point favorites for the Giants on the road. I'm sorry, the, the 49ers on the road. And the total's all the way down to 41 and a half, pretty low. Can't really argue with this line. I think the 49ers will win this game against the Giants. I wouldn't. I don't love the hook, but obviously, you know, they're the better team. Tons of injuries, though. And, you know, as bad as I, you know, I dog Daniel Jones a lot, but he did almost win the game against the Bears. I, you know, he played decent against the Steelers. He almost brought him back. Don't love uh, them without Saquon Barkley, but I got to stay away from this one, Action. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're looking at this game, the only way to bet it is with the underdog New York Giants. The Niners are staying out east, I believe, um, West Virginia, some some grand place yeah. in West Virginia. And uh, right. I think they're going to be without a multitude of starters on both sides of the ball. So that certainly gives me pause here. And uh, the Giants, I think, are going to be able to have some success on the ground. The, the Niners have lost their 
pass rushers, I think, on both sides. They're without their top pass yep. rushers. They lost to Forrest mm-hmm. Buckner to the Colts in the offseason. So even without Saquon Barkley, I know that they just signed Devontae Freeman. I'm not sure how you they feel did. about that move. but yeah, He's decent. Okay. I mean, I think even at three and a half, this is possibly a consideration. Certainly liked it a lot more um, at four and a half. But um, sure. I don't know how you feel about chalking it up as a large maybe. I don't know. A small maybe. I mean, we, we rode the Giants last week, and I was watching with, with you know, Rainmaker. My stomach was turning. Uh, we, we did it. We did it. It was exciting. And I, but I was, you know, clenching the whole time. You know, we'll see. Let's see if there's other options. Let's, let's put it as a okay. soft okay. maybe, not a strong maybe. <laughs> I was waiting for the text last week from you saying, the Giants, really? At around halftime, when we were losing 17-0. to zero. I, Oh, I, I was fully, I fully wrote the game off a hundred percent. You can ask Suter about this. I was like, well, we sucked on that one. And then the Eagles too. I'm like, you can't trust the NFC East. Uh, and obviously Washington, you know, blew it, yeah. but you know, it was just too much Washington and NFC East love for me last week, but we, you know, three and two's got to be acquitted ourselves fine. The next game is, is quite interesting. Uh, I think this is to your point here. Philadelphia is hosting the Bengals. <laughs> Wow, they're they're a, a four and a half favorite. This was opened at eight point favorites, and the totals at forty six and a half. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that the Eagles are in turmoil, obviously. But to your point, they haven't covered in two weeks. Maybe this is the bounce back. But the Bengals look decent. I, I can't go against my Bengals now. I've got Joe Burrow in my fantasy lineup, and uh, the team seems to be scoring points, but. Are you trying to back the Eagles on me now? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you do that. I'm definitely not. You can talk me off this game completely, but I'm definitely not going to be putting Cincinnati on the card. I can tell you that. Um, That's I think fun. that the, I just, the Joe Burrow love is a little over the top, and he played great last week, but without that, I mean, this number really should be like six. I, I don't see the move the Joe Burrow love move down to four and a half really being there. And I mean, in all seriousness, the Cincinnati rush defense is bottom of the league, number 32. So if they have anything in their front office or the coaching staff, uh, I surely hope Doug Peterson realizes he needs to stop dropping back and chucking it 40 times a game with Carson Wentz. Miles Sanders, presumably a little more healthy this week. I like the Eagles. Okay. Okay, again, I don't know how much I'm going on NFC East this this week. Okay, uh, all right. We'll see. <laughs> we can move. We can move on right, to the football team. The next one we're going to probably argue about too um, is is Washington going the Washington football team going to the Browns. The Browns are now a they're a seven point favorite. Been kind of steady at seven. Open at eight and a half, but kind of floored out at seven. Forty four and a half uh, total. You know, I'd be okay going against going with Washington again <laughs> with seven okay. points, but I don't know if I can do it again. We're you know I don't want to chase Washington all throughout the this, uh, season. Why do you think it's staying at seven? And the Browns played okay against Cincinnati, but they were terrible in Week One. So you know what is it? Just they just think that Washington can't score? Is that the issue? Yeah, I mean I think that's a major factor here. Um, Haskins was terrible last week, and I think the only yardage and points they put up were really garbage time points when the game was all but decided and on the other side of the ball I think 
the major handicapping angle of this game is going to be the Cleveland offensive line versus that Washington defensive line. And um, we saw it on primetime last week that Cleveland offensive line looks really good. They're number two in yards per rush attempt, 5.7 yards per attempt. And mm-hmm. I think that they are certainly formidable uh, foes to go against the Washington defensive line. And I think that's where this game is going to be won. And I think for that reason is why you have seen this number stick at seven and not really fall off of it. So gotcha. I would only I would probably only look to one way in this one with the Browns, but I'm certainly happy to pass if you would prefer it. Yeah, I'd like to pass. I'm staying yeah. off the NFC NFC East. I mean Cowboys we can talk about, but I'm I'm all off NFC East teams right now. Um, okay. <laughs> next game is is kind of intriguing. This should be a really good matchup. The Rams are traveling to Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo's now a two and a half point favorite in the contest. I did get him at two at Rivers yesterday, thankfully. Um, 47 point total. This is going to be a really good football game. I think the Rams might be not all the way back, but at least their offense seems to be humming. Buffalo has played well in two weeks. As we said, Josh Allen's been lighting it up and that defense is solid. Although they didn't, they gave up some points last week, didn't they? I mean, it wasn't, you know, a complete destruction there. Um, I would back Buffalo in this spot at home, two and a half. I think they're a little bit undervalued here. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I've already bet this side, the Buffalo Bills, and I think you hit on a lot of key points. The Rams certainly have played better than expectations throughout the first two weeks, but you also have to kind of look at their opponents. Last week, Philadelphia, certainly a below-expectation team, and the week before that, the Cowboys, similarly, you could argue, are playing below expectations, despite, Mm -hmm. I mean, how would you value the Cowboys if they had been blown out by the Falcons like they should have certainly oh, yeah. would bring that Rams win down a peg or two. Oh, so. agreed. I mean, you know, I, that defense obviously in Dallas stinks. So it's putting up, you know, a bunch of, and they didn't score that many points against that Cowboy defense, to be honest with you. You know, it was more last week. They looked really, really dominant against Philly, especially in the second half. And, but I think that it's going to be different. This Buffalo team has good you know, the secondary is excellent, but the pass rush is solid. Mm-hmm. And I think McDermott is just a great coach, you know. And I think that this will be a really nice chess mass match between two young coaches and McDermott and McVay. So um, I do I do like Buffalo for sure in this spot. Yeah. I mean, the other factor is the Rams, unlike the Niners, flew back to L.A. and are coming back to Buffalo this weekend. So two cross-country flights in the span of a week certainly won't help them either. Excellent. Excellent. Let's do it. Um, okay, the next game we've got on the card. Let's see. We've got the your mighty <laughs> your mighty Jets. They're also an 0-2 ATS team going to your Colts. Uh, this is this is balloon. This was opened at minus seven for the Colts at home. Now it's minus eleven and a half. Woo! Forty-four uh, point total here. I mean. Andy's the only side, right? Or would you jump on your, your Jets to, to do the trend with the 11.5 points? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I In years past, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf this year, Wags. Mm-hmm. In years mm-hmm. past, I would uh, try to play into the sharp mentality of taking double digits week in and week out yep. just because yep. that's historically been a profitable play, but... I think the league has changed dramatically in the last couple of weeks, sorry, the last couple of right. years, where sure. these passing offenses are capable of 
putting up big numbers against very weak opponents, and the Jets are going nowhere except down in a downward spiral. So right, right. while I, I think we could probably find five better plays, uh, and quite honestly, without any handicap in terms of <laughs> matchups, I would, if we came down to it, I'd be happy to throw the Colts in as a fifth play just to throw it in. I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just a lot of points. I mean, it's the biggest points yeah. on the card. I mean, I know that they're going to win the game. I shouldn't say no, but I think they will. Picking on the Jets uh, lately, especially in my survivor pool. So, um, I don't we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that, that we have some other games we can still discuss here. Sure. Um, the next the next game is, you know, potentially one of them. Uh, you know, the Panthers, Carolina is going to the Chargers out in L.A. Um, in this one, we're looking at six and a half for the Chargers at home. We've already talked about Justin Herbert starting again. It's getting his, his first known start. He did start last week. The total is 44.5. Carolina doesn't have their guy uh, anymore, McCaffrey, in the backfield. They didn't look too good. They almost came back and covered against the, the Bucks. But I don't like this Carolina team very much, especially on defense. And to me, the Chargers' defense is playing pretty well and intact. And that offense, if it can get going again with Herbert, I think they're, they're going to cover this game. I know I'm on the favorites this week, but I like them in this game. Okay. Um, yeah, I certainly don't think that I would want to be on the Carolina side, but I'm not so sold that I want to be laying points with the Chargers or Justin Herbert at this point. Sure. You know, catching eight is a whole other story last week, although no one knew that he was going to be starting. Um, right. Right. I'd like to chat a little bit about the McCaffrey value to this point spread. Obviously, when it came out, presumably the odds makers knew that he wasn't going to play. And in terms of non-quarterbacks right. in this league, he's probably the most valuable player. I don't know if you figure he's one point or one and a half or two to the spread, mm-hmm. but where do you think Carolina would be looking if McCaffrey were playing? I actually think it's more like two, two and a half points. He he's the offense, right? I mean, I don't think Bridgewater. I mean, he's been okay. He's been you know more of a game manager player. They have some outside talent there. I was actually this is a funny story. When we were at the Four Shadows watching the game last week, there were some Carolina fans behind us, and when they were getting housed, they were just swearing and going crazy at the TV. And then um, when McCaffrey went down, I mean, they were like swearing up and down again. <laughs> that they overuse this guy and all this stuff. And it's true. The guy is just, I mean, I don't know what his percent of touches in that offense is. It's at least 30% probably or more um, in that team. You don't have a replacement for him. And as much as running backs are replaceable in this game of, of the NFL, I don't think McCaffrey's replaceable. So I just think it's a, I would guess that the expected total for the team dropped at least three to five points for him. So to me, that's got to be worth a couple of points in the spread. Um, I mean, it's not science, but I mean, I just think that they're going to score less points with him off the field. Uh, the real question is, can the Chargers score? And uh, to me, I think they will score on the Panthers. The Panthers have given up big points to the Raiders um, and to the Bucks so far. So to me, that's why I see this as a one-sided game. But uh, to your point, who knows? Herbert could have a terrible second game and... It could, they could just inch it out, you know, a you know, 13 to 7 game or something like that. But I don't really see the Carolina putting up more than 20 points in this game. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll just see how it shakes out. Yeah. 
So you don't believe in Mike Davis as a replacement for McCaffrey? <laughs> he was on the Bears for a minute. Uh, no, I don't. Okay. You know, McCaffrey's just a unique player. We know that. And I, I mean, people yeah. dogged him when he came in, and but he, he, he's something. I mean, he can do it all, and I don't think there are many players that can do that in this league. So. Yeah, and you certainly don't expect that Teddy Bridgewater is all of a sudden going to open it up and start throwing the ball down the field to DJ Moore and other wideouts. So. Right, and I just think that that just plays into the Chargers' hands because, you know, that pass rush is really good, and, and you saw it. I mean, they only won – I mean, they really won that game against um, – you know, I mean, Kansas City came back against them because, I mean, you, know, you got Mahomes who's incredible, and they had, they, they had guys making plays. I don't know if – you know, the Panthers have that kind of talent out there, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, we can pencil it. Yeah. Well, let's look at the next game. This is an intriguing game. Uh, Detroit and Arizona. Arizona's hosting. They're, they're obviously the darlings of the NFL right now. This opened it at a three-point uh, favorite for Arizona at home. Now it's five and a half. The total has gone up to 54 and a half. And I guess I agree with all the betters. It's going in the right direction. Detroit sucks. But to your point, they're one of those 0-2 teams. The Cardinals have obviously surprised people. So maybe this is an overvaluing of the Cardinals. I'm not sure. I, I like the Cardinals in this one. I, I'm such a favorite guy right now. But how do you talk me into the Lions in this one? Well, this is just a classic spot for the underdog to come up and bite the fat and happy Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I'll disclose mm-hmm. to you, I disclosed to Melissa last night, I already bet on Detroit <laughs> in this game. And I think did. that <laughs> I think this is the spot for the Lions to come up and, uh, and play a game. Um, okay. I, I certainly like them a lot more in the first half. I also hit that number, plus three and a half. I will yep. share with the listeners. But um, I don't think I want to be laying points with Arizona. I know they covered last week. But uh, mm-hmm. this is going to be a really high-scoring game, evidence of the total, 54.5 and rising. Um, and I think that Matthew Stafford is getting his top wideout back, Kenny Galladay, this week, yep. which is yep. going to change things on that side of the ball. And although I expect Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins will score plenty of points, I'm not sure it's going to be enough to cover 5.5. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think that's the key handicap. Galladay's coming back. That'll definitely diversify the offense a little bit more. Uh, last week, I'm not sure what to say. I mean, the, Arizona doesn't really run the ball as much as, say, Green Bay, right? Mm-hmm. And even the Bears, that's they got back in it. I mean, they obviously Trubisky made some plays, but they were starting to run a little bit. So if Arizona just tries to air it out, maybe it, it's just going to be one of those college games. Everybody's just chucking. So. Five and a half is probably a good number for Detroit. I don't know if I can stomach it, but I see why you went there. Yeah. It was also six, I'll admit. I'm not sure I like it quite as much at five and a half. It's a big difference. Right. Right. All right. Uh, the next game we've got on the card is Dallas going to Seattle. Another one of your, you know, uh, 0-2 against the spread teams and the Cowboys. Uh, Seattle looked really great, and they've looked great in two weeks. Um, we're looking at this number as four-and-a-half-point favorites in the contest for Seattle, 55-and-a-half-point total, huge total. So, again, another high-scoring game. This is the one I might go your 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 trend theory. I don't love four-and-a-half for Seattle. Um, I do think Seattle's a better football team, but Dallas seems to be able to score against anybody, and four-and-a-half seems a little bit out of sorts. But, you know, 
Maybe I'm wrong. What do you What do you think? Man, I don't know about this game. I, <laughs> I, I really like Seattle, and I think that um, this Dallas team is getting a little bit more value than they are expected. It did move from three to four and a half, mm-hmm. at least for the contest number. And if, I got to be honest, if I was leaning to a side in this one, it would be Seattle and not Dallas. I know that this is another game that lines up for that underdog team to rise up and nip the fat and happy favorite. But this Russell Wilson-led offense is on another level right now, and I'm not sure that Dallas' defense is going to stop them at all. Oh, they won't. New England couldn't stop them. But um, can Seattle's offense or defense stop Dallas? I mean, it's a... It's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, you, you said it before. New England with Cam Newton lit him up, and they got nobody out there. I mean, not nobody, but Nikhil Harry. I mean, he's not a great – I mean, Edelman looked great in the game. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I it, again, NFC East, I'm swearing him off. But this would be the one that I would say I could go with. Uh, but if we're on different sides, we probably should stay away uh, just because I want us to be on the same page. But it's, So you like, you like Dallas, to clarify, right? I do in the contest, yes. I mean, I don't know if that's my pick. I just think that using your trend theory and the way that Seattle's played, they're playing great, but they're going to give up points. Four and a half. I mean, I certainly want more points, but um, this is the same line as New England, right? Was it four and a half or was it three and a half? Uh, it trended down to four um, okay. and even a couple of three and a halves, but I think it closed at four. That That is a really good point. When you compare the two sides, how would you line up Dallas and New England? Do you mm-hmm. think that the number makes sense then when you compare those two? I mean, I would have New England as a couple points better than Dallas on a neutral field. Yeah, I think they are. I mean, I think that the defense is better. There's no question. And and, and if you look at the game, I mean, Seattle, we're talking about the Seattle-New England game again. The thing about that game that, that really struck me was Seattle was taking his shots, right? And, and, and Russell was chucking it deep. And you're talking about a couple of big plays that really were 50-50 balls. I mean, even the play to DK Metcalf, the guy was right there on the play. The play. Yeah. The one guy was his name, Brown, uh, the wide receiver Brown, number 83 on the, on, the, on the left side of the field, where he caught the ball, backpedaling into the end zone. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was an incredible play, but those are crazy big plays. I mean... Those go another way. Maybe they punt. Maybe they, you know, whatever, get a field goal instead of touchdowns. So I'm not saying it was a fluky performance. That's not what I'm saying. But Seattle is playing at a good level and making huge plays. Um, and I just think that Dallas, I don't know. I hate McCarthy. I thought he was a terrible coach last week. He, he really shouldn't have. They should have never won that game. Um, at the same time, that's to tell you how much talent is on the field for Dallas. That offense is it um so we'll, let's look at some other games that we can talk i don't want to you know whatever i mean it's going to be ridgeway is going to be mad i picked against seattle anyway i mean she's listening to the podcast i, um, I do want to throw in that i'm very eager to find a seattle team total over i think based on these numbers 56 total and minus five mm-hmm. you're looking at uh, probably 30 31 if i see a 30 and a half in there i'm definitely going to be pulling the trigger on that yeah, they're 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 running running on all cylinders right now. Uh, the next game is Tampa is going to Denver. Um, Tampa did bounce back last week. They looked good against Carolina, especially in the first half. And Denver obviously has lost their quarterback. Driscoll came in and acquitted himself fine against the Steelers. 
At this point, the game is uh, uh, Tampa's a six-point favorite on the road. That's gone way up uh, from the original opening that I saw at one. And then the total is really low at 43. It's it's kind of crashed from 47.5 to 43. You know, Tampa's the better team here, but Denver, we've talked about it. I like their defense a lot. Even without Von Miller, they've played fairly well. They shocked me to play well with Driscoll in the lineup. I don't know. I can't get on board, but, I mean, it is a lot of points for a road game. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, I've got to be honest. I think it can only be played one way, and that's with the home underdog, Denver Broncos. They're traveling to elevation, too. We've got yep. somewhat of an older team, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. And mm-hmm. uh, I certainly think that Driscoll was impressive. I I will admit I lost a few live bets on Pittsburgh because as soon as I saw Locke go down, I figured that was going to be a runaway, and he busted me. So um, while I would like betting on the Denver Broncos, I'm not sure I want to do it with Jeff Driscoll as the quarterback. Cortland Sutton's gone now, too, and yep. they just have some injuries that I think might be difficult to overcome in this one. Okay. It's okay to stay away. We'll have to pick. we got some other ones we've debated on. Yeah. Um, okay, the next one is Green Bay against New Orleans. Uh, very interesting. I know we're going to disagree already. Uh, this opened at six-point favorites for New Orleans. It's dropped to three-and-a-half in the contest. The total's at 52-and-a-half, which actually seems a little high. Um, I, it sounds like you're all over the Saints in this one. I'm not sure why. Um, maybe it's a, you know, it's a theory or a trend. I know Green Bay is red hot, and they're playing really well, but it's more that I – I mean, it's not just the narrative of um, Drew Brees. I just think that this team, the def- defense is playing not very playing very well. Uh, maybe I'm missing it, but they they won against Tampa, but it was mainly because of turnovers. And last week they got housed in the second half. So talk me into the Saints now. Uh, I mean, it has to do with Green Bay being overrated. Okay. Everyone preseason uh, that knew anything about football was expecting a. a step back this year from the Packers after the 13-3 and run last season. And the schedule lined up that they played the Vikings and the Lions in the first two weeks. They scored 85 points, but those defenses are ranked 20th and 31st, according to DVOA, and the Saints are going to be a step up in class. I know that you suggested they didn't look quite as good, but I don't think it was that bad of a performance against the Raiders, and I agree Tampa Bay moved the ball on them a little bit in week one, but um, I think that they're still in the top 10 of DVOA, 10th, exactly. And Mm -hmm. I I know that Michael Thomas being lost is going to be a big um, loss, certainly was on Monday night as well against the Raiders. But I think this has been too much of an adjustment. I I think the look-ahead number on this game was going to be a six, and now it's three, certainly like a lot more at three. There's plenty of them out there, but... Three and a half in the contest is definitely uh, more difficult to palate. Well, you know, one thing I will say I'm watching the game, um, Alvin Alvin Kamara looks really great. I don't think he was healthy last year. He looks really smooth, really powerful and fast. He looked great on Monday night. Um, yep. I just don't know. Like, the, that team on offense, I mean, maybe and Green Bay's not great on defense, so it's not like it's that big of a deal. But um, i got to be honest with you, actually, I went plus 150 on the money line on this one. So wow. we're totally against each other here, uh, which is fine. It happens on our podcast. We don't agree 100%. But um, I'll add, too, to that rushing point with Kamara. Green Bay is dead last in rushing success rate defense. 
32nd out of 32. So I think that uh, if Peyton and Breeze are smart, they'll hand it off a lot to Kamara on Sunday night. Yep, yep, they should. Okay, well, the last game is Kansas City at Baltimore. This is obviously the highlight game, Monday Night Football. Excellent scheduling. This is really a, a good good spot. Um, you've got Baltimore. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites in the contest. 53.5 is the total, which seems maybe about right. These are two, the two best teams in the, in the AFC, I think. I think we're, we're, we're putting that together. Probably should have been the uh, AFC championship game last year, but there was a little bit of, you know, <laughs> Baltimore got upset there. Um you know, the Chiefs getting getting three and a half on the road is always going to be my pick. Uh, I know that you think Baltimore's better, and I think they probably are. But uh, give them a homes and three and a half, I got to take it. So I don't know how you feel about that, but um, that would be my side. Yeah, I, I certainly concur. And I fear that a lot of others in the contest will also. Mm-hmm. Very interesting to see that the Circa operators chose to post a three and a half in this one. I thought for yep. sure we'd see a three, and so they would just come down the middle and figure they would see split bets on either side. But now I'm going to be very interested to see how the pick splits on this one line up. Um, I definitely agree that if we're going with this game, there's only one side to pick, and that's Kansas City. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not so certain that they are playing to the same level that they were last season. They beat up on the Houston Texans in week one. It was pretty weak defense. And then last week, they looked rather pedestrian against the Chargers. So Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'm not so sold in my mind that this is the same offense that we saw win the Super Bowl last year. Okay. I mean, I would counter that by just saying that the Ravens haven't played anybody either, right? I mean, they played Houston as well, and then they played the Browns. The Browns are okay. Uh, And certainly the Browns got away from it early in that game. So we'll see. I mean, this is the first real matchup. I mean, the Chargers, obviously, defense is pretty good, and they, they should have won. Should have won the game. So, you know, I think Baltimore probably will win this game. Uh, but, you know, I would love to, you know, like I said, get more than a field goal to go with it. I'm probably just going to see what happens come closer to game time to to get a spread bet at Rivers. But we can stay away from it in the contest if you'd like. It does sound like we need to sharpen our pencils, though, and look at a couple of these deals, uh, figure out where we're at. If we kind of review, um, we definitely, we both Tennessee, though. We were on that one. We both like New England. So that's two and a half for Tennessee and six and a half for New England, two favorites. We were both on Buffalo, two and a half at home. So that's three. That makes it simple. But now there's two left, and this is where we're different. Um, which ones do you feel strongest about? Uh, it sounds like Detroit is one of them. Five and a half. Yeah, yeah, I am. I definitely think that we do shade a little bit more to the dogs this week. Just looking yep. at, you know, I I hate to play on the narratives, but when you look at so many favorites that won outright last week, it's almost yeah. a guaranteed certainty that the dogs are going to come back this week. So I think okay. that would be wise to try to fade to that side of the coin. Um, I do think that Detroit could be a play. I, I certainly could be talked into Kansas City. I, I don't want you to think that I'm off that one. I would like to dig into it a little bit more, look at the matchups a little before Saturday's selection deadline. Um, well, it was, it was interesting that, you know, we're to, to get to the contest update, you know, we went 3-2 and two last week, 7-3 uh, and three over, overall. We're 273rd right now. The consensus pick also went three and two, but they picked all favorites last week, which was kind of interesting. You know, 
we had some dogs come in, you know, that was helpful for us, right? We got the, uh, the giants were one of them and then the Raiders in the end. Uh, so, you know, that's why I do think we have to pick some dogs here. So I just, which ones do we want? Uh, you know, Arizona being one, I guess we can't get on Denver. That's too much. You don't love the Dallas side. Uh, the Eagles, man, that's, that's a tough one. They're not a favorite. They're a favorite. They're not a dog. Yeah. Um, the Giants at three and a half. That's probably not enough points for me. Uh, who else did you like? You like the, you like the Panther. Well, yeah, Detroit, of course, is in the mix. Um, but you won't get on with me with Green Bay. But obviously, the Chiefs would be an underdog. Um, yeah, I guess I would say Dallas, the Chiefs. And then I guess I could get on your Detroit. Those would be the three that I would choose um, if we're going to go dogs. But were there any other dogs that you were looking? Yeah, I mean, I I know we talked a little bit about care. Uh, Yeah, Houston too. I could consider that one. I think that would be a game that I would like to look at a little bit more. Certainly, see how those offensive line injuries pan out for the Steelers on that side of the ball. Mm -hmm. So we've got I think those. We can talk a little more tomorrow okay. and Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah, we've cool. Got some time. Yeah, we won't be playing flag football Saturday morning. It doesn't look like it's the leagues are getting consolidated. We may play in the afternoon on the turf field. I don't love playing in the afternoon. You like it? You know, I like my day drinking action. Um, so just like Kirk Cousins, <laughs> you can only play in the morning. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Um, Kirk Cousins, he's just like me, but uh, it would be a one o'clock, one o'clock to between one and five, which is a weird time. But so, yeah, I have time to talk in the morning on Saturday. So let's figure it out. Let's narrow it down from those four. We can get two out of four okay. there. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm on board with that. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, OK. And then this weekend, any plans to watch the games anywhere? Anything special going on in the life of action? We're going to get together a little tennis match, maybe hit the road and find a court in Ann Arbor to play against Jen. Okay. So oh, road trip. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Heading nice. out west. And then uh, Sunday, just settling in, watching the games again. It's a great slate. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, this is – I like the the marquee games are better this week. I think they did a good job this week. You know, obviously the Saints-Packers Sunday night – Kansas City, the Ravens, Monday night. Those are great games. And uh, I do like that Cowboys-Seattle late slate game is awesome. So I'm pretty excited about those those three three games in particular. We'll see about some of the early ones. Maybe that Houston-Pittsburgh game will be a better game, like you said. That'd be fun to watch. Uh, I'm not sure my plans yet. I, you know, I don't know if I'll go to the – I had to get really early to tell you the story. Foreshadows, you have to line up by 11 to get in because there's only 25 spots in the bar. Uh, I love my guys over at Foreshadows. So they – um, you know, we got in there. We got our spot. But they were turning people away by like 11.40. So it's kind of early to, to get to get to the games out here. But um, we'll, well see. you got to take no Iowa football yet this season, so you got to take care of those guys. That's right. I do. I do. The Iowa football, although they, it's coming back, isn't it? Coming back in late October. October. Yeah. Yeah. They are going to try to play those big time games after all. So, all righty. Well, thanks everybody for following us. Uh, please subscribe to the YouTube and to the uh, end of the podcast. Put your comments down. We really like it. 
give us a like or something. We're trying to grow this thing a little bit. I saw my sister. Thank you. Shout out for giving us a comment there, um, our lone comment. But, uh, yeah, we will be responsive. You know, follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram and follow the podcast at Side Action Pod on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts. All right, everybody. Good luck with the bets this weekend. Yeah, good luck to us, too. Side action. <laughs> Let's keep it going, baby. That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action. podcast its owners and associates take no responsibility for the opinions or statements made by the show hosts or their guests statements or show topics are not necessarily the beliefs of this podcast and opinions between talk show hosts may conflict individuals following the advice given on the podcast accept their own risk of losses from wagers made as the side action podcast its owners hosts associates or guests will not guarantee any advice given the opinions and advice given on the side action podcast is for entertainment purposes only Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Intro and outro and transition music credits. Song titles, Jerry 5 and District 4 by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.org. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 3.0. Creativecommons.org backslash licenses backslash by 3.0.